Welcome to your weekly astrological weather. This is your place to get practical guidance for not only surviving, but thriving with the cosmic tides. Hello, everyone, and welcome to your weekly astrological weather. I am so happy that you have joined us here today, maybe for the first time and or maybe for the, I don't know, I think we're on like episode 600 something. So maybe you've been around for a long time, but either way, thank you so much for joining us. And I am thrilled to be here today with Joe G, traditional astrologer and also a member of the Astrology Hub team. And he's an incredible astrologer and hopefully we'll get some electional information here today in terms of choosing the best dates to do certain things, which Joe is amazing at. Okay, before we dive in, one quick announcement. A few weeks ago, we announced that we were gonna be changing the format of the weekly weather, but then we heard from so many of you that you didn't want that, that you like the longer format and you like how we go through the days. So we're getting mixed messages. And what we'd like to do is put a survey out and get a form, get formal feedback from all of you so we can make the best decision moving forward. And this will basically be the two question survey, just getting your preference for the format of the weekly astrological weather. So you can go to astrologyhub.com slash feedback right now and fill out the form and let us know. Again, that's astrologyhub.com slash feedback. And we will be pouring over all of your input and making a decision here very soon. Maybe we're keeping it the same. Maybe we're just shortening the length. There's a lot of different options. All right. So everybody, thank you so much for your feedback. And Joe, let's dive into the week. I know this is a huge week astrologically, and we have some big things happening. So why don't we start there with a big theme and the major transits and let's take it from there. Yeah. Okay. So you did ask me for an election and I think that's a good place to start. (laughs) Okay. Let's back up one second. Explain what an election is. Right. So electional astrology is basically just picking the time to do something. Usually people know that they have their own charts, but truth is everything has a chart, every moment and every action also. So we're just making sure that the moment that we're trying to do something matches the thing that we're doing. (laughs) This week we have an eclipse. And as far as elections go, eclipses and elections don't go hand in hand together eclipses are erratic a little unpredictable and that's the thing that kind of makes them not so great for elections because when we're trying to elect a time we're kind of predicting the outcome of our action and when an eclipse comes around predicting that can be very difficult so i always like to think about what can we still do that matches the symbolism of this eclipse and This one is very interesting because it's not just an eclipse of the sun and the moon. Venus will also be with the eclipse. So it's an eclipse in Scorpio with Venus and everyone is just going dark for a second. And you asked me about a theme and I was going through a list of significations of Venus, what she represents and what we can do with her and all things like that. 
And I usually really gravitate towards like very mundane objects for planetary significations because I think it's a really good way of really understanding what they mean. And William Lilly, he's an older astrologer in the Renaissance. He says that Venus is related to wardrobes. So I'm like, huh, imagine a wardrobe eclipsing. <laughs> so it's like really emptying the wardrobe, your favorite clothes or anything that's to make you beautiful, like jewelry and makeup and like having that sort of like symbolic moment of taking everything out and allowing yourself to not be beautiful and to not be pretty in those like three days and just really feel gross. <laughs> and sometimes feeling gross is not comfortable, but when you're willingly there and like, you know what? Today's my time to feel gross. <laughs> wow, that's fascinating. Okay, so why would we do this? So what would be the point of emptying the wardrobe, sort of putting anything that makes us feel beautiful aside during this eclipse period of time, which we, we haven't gotten to yet, which days you're talking mm -hmm. about? Tuesday, Wednesday, yes. Okay, what's the point <laughs> of feeling gross? Like, what's that gonna, how's that gonna please Venus? Yeah, so... It's less about pleasing Venus and more about a concept called sympathetic magic. It's that same sort of thing with elections, but you're kind of doing the reverse. With elections, you're trying to match the time to your action, but with sympathetic magic, you're trying to match your action to the time. So like back in the day when they used to have eclipses, they'd say eclipses are really bad for the king because it's the sun is eclipsing and the sun symbolizes kings. So what they would do, they would swap out the king for a day or two, just so like the new king would get like the consequences, which is not the, the nicest thing to do. <laughs> uh, God, poor person. <laughs> right? <laughs> but then the king would be fine. So it's kind of like that same idea, but in a more, I guess, humanistic and friendly way. <laughs> mm. We don't need anybody else to take our place. We're just understanding that Venus right now is going through a bit of a rough time. So we're allowing her to have that rough time and that emptying out of the wardrobe is you stepping into that place and allowing yourself to feel gross just the same way that she's doing right now. So you can be in her shoes and understand what's this whole process like? Why is this happening? So yeah, emptying the wardrobe, I guess that's the thing. Wow. I, I love it. Okay. This is so interesting. You know, I've been devouring Carolyn Casey's books. Mm -hmm. And one of them is visionary activist astrology. And it's very much this experiential astrology where you're doing things like this, intentionally doing rituals, but everyday stuff, nothing, nothing big and crazy. Just, you're just mm -hmm. connecting and commuting and, and doing your best to understand the astrological energies from the inside out, like have an embodied experience of it. So what I'm hearing you say is that this is a, a way that we can have an embodied experience of what it feels like to have an energy eclipsed in our mm -hmm. lives. So Venus is being eclipsed. So what happens when Venus can't shine her light? What happens when Venus isn't in her comfortable place? And then what does Venus represent within you? So what happens when you don't feel like you're your most beautiful or your most radiant or your most attractive or your most artistic, you know, all those Venusian kind of things, what happens? Mm -hmm. Like, where's the Scorpio kind of excavation of the subconscious thoughts mm -hmm. that come up? 
I can guess there's things around, you know, value, you know, are you valuable when you're gross? I love, right. that, I love mm-hmm. that you say that word. Um, <laughs> you know, what, can you find beauty in that? Like, can you actually find beauty in the non quote unquote beautiful? And, you know, there's so many different things. I bet that this is going to be an incredible experiment for everybody. And that's what Carolyn Casey keeps talking about. Like just experiment with these things. Like don't take it don't take my word for it. Don't take anybody's word for it. Try it and see what happens. And then, mm-hmm. then it becomes your own, you know? So Joe, I love this. Thank you so much. So Thank the you. electional is Tuesday, Wednesday to empty the wardrobe and to just allow yourself to kind of like, if you're not usually sloppy, maybe like allow yourself to be sloppy. If you're not, mm-hmm. you know, all those things. Okay. That's going to be fascinating. Please let us know how this goes in the comments. All right. Mm-hmm. Tell us more about the energy of this eclipse in general. What kind of themes and things are coming up for people? Right. This one is super interesting from a mundane aspect too. And for those who don't know, it's like mundane is just of the astrology of the world. Like things are like happening up and about because, okay, I'll get a little technical here. <laughs> but so back in 2020, some of you might have heard about the Great Conjunction. It was Jupiter and Saturn together in the sky. They were getting really close and they shone their light together and they were really big in the sky. It was like a super big deal. And they happen somewhat frequently, but this one was a a larger deal because we went into a new age with that. So these ages are elemental. And in 2020, we entered this age of air. When we're talking about the astrology of the world, that's a really big moment because we're going from earth to air, which is a very physical and tangible to computers and information and literally is what happens. But the thing that's interesting about that is that the ancients would say that year is the year to pay attention to. It's kind of like the world had a new birth and it has a new birth chart. And you're talking about 2020. 2020. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. And the reason why I'm saying that is that the ascendant of that year. So looking at the birth chart of our new sort of like age is Scorpio and we're having the eclipse happening in Scorpio right now. So if you think about a person, like the first house and your appearance and who you are and what you do in the world, when you're having an eclipse in that area, it can be like an identity crisis of sorts. You're really going through like a whole new sort of like you phase. And throughout that eclipse, there's a, a little bit of that, oh, who am I? And what do I do? So take that and imagine the whole world going through this, who am I? What do I do sort of thing? And it's very interesting because when the eclipse is happening, Mercury will be rising. And I'm using the chart of the U.S. because we're primarily talking about uh, to a U.S. audience, but the U.S. is the superpower of the world. Everything kind of speaks to the U.S. So this would be relevant for everybody still. With Mercury rising at the moment of the eclipse, the thing that's causing this identity crisis is new information. News that come out that no one was expecting, or maybe some people were expecting, but it has that eclipse twist that causes that, whoa, what do we do now? (laughs) So the energy of this eclipse is very much like that. And I think that that's why the exercise of emptying out of the wardrobe is important in that because it's going to the renewal of the identity because your clothes are the things that really tell the world, I like these colors and I like these things and this is how I look like. So to switch things around and go empty for a second, I feel it can allow for jumping into the identity crisis before it comes to you sort of thing. You're like, you know what? Let's do this. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. So 
instead of it having to happen to you, you're just saying, okay, I'm, I'm ready for this. I'm willing for this kind of change. Mm-hmm. Is there an eclipse window? Like, do, do, you, do you look at it that way where it's like this eclipse kicks off then this eclipse portal that ends mm-hmm. with the next eclipse? Yeah, so we're like in an eclipse cycle. So it'll be the new moon that's happening right now. So that's the solar eclipse. And then we'll have the lunar eclipse a few weeks later where it's the one in Taurus. Mm -hmm. And does the new moon eclipse theme set the tone for the entire period? Or is there a different theme for the new moon eclipse than the full moon eclipse? It's like every lunar cycle. It's that same idea where the new moon is like planting a seed and then the full moon is like when it's full grow. And then when the moon starts to wane again, going towards the next new moon, there's a new idea, new cycle starting. The eclipses are a little bit different because they happen across like 18 months. So we've already had a a, a series of eclipses in, in Taurus and Scorpio. So this is more of a continuation of something that has already been happening. And next year, we'll have that closing chapter as we get ready for new eclipses in Aries and Libra. And Mm -hmm. we're very much sitting in this like Venus, Mars area or zone for like for last year, this year, the year coming and the year after. So really like in this relational um, zone, I guess. Mm -hmm. So if we're trying to identify what sort of topics we're dealing with. It's really that us versus them, or what are we doing? Are we together? Are we not together? (laughs) Like who's part of my tribe? Who's not part of my tribe? So this one, especially with Mercury rising as the eclipse is happening is really that, I guess, the the trigger to conversation. If we're putting that on a sort of a a timeline, uh, the first series of eclipses that happened earlier in the year, we're kind of like seeding this narrative. And then now we're talking about it and like learning new things about it that really make us look at it in a different way. And then next year we're close it. Joe, when was the first series of eclipses that is related to this one? Do you, do you remember the exact like months? I don't least? remember the exact date, but I can look very quick. Uh, when would that be? I think it might've been in April, May. Okay, so April, May, a theme began for you. So think mm-hmm. about what that could have been, April, May. And now with this eclipse series here, we are revisiting that, but having a different orientation around it, rethinking it, revising it. Um, mm-hmm. There's because new something new came, yes. came up. Like you learned something new about this and now you can look at it in a different way. Okay. Fascinating. And I know that these two particular eclipses, the one that we have today, and then the one that we're having in a couple of weeks, these are ones that astrologers, at least on our platform, have been talking about all year. Like this is, this is, these are the big ones for the year, right? Yes. Those are the big ones for sure. And what makes these, these particularly uh, intense or powerful? Yeah, I think different astrologers will have different reasons for that. For me, it's what I was talking about, about like a new birth chart of the world sort of thing, Mm -hmm. because that was Scorpio rising, the eclipse is happening in the first house of this new world that we're in, in this like new airy cycle that we're in. So it's really about that, setting up the new identity of the world and like finding out who, who's running things now sort of thing, because if, uh, um, if it is 
the first house and it's like the, the face of the world it's kind of like a change of face like who is this new face sort of thing and and the global sphere that can mean all sorts of things but on your personal day-to-day -day life that that can mean just like a new job or a new relationship or if you are Scorpio rising, it can also be like a whole new face and like really changing your style. We're going through like a, a little bit of like, um, this is the new me sort of moment. Does that make sense? It does. And it, I mean, the timing is incredible with the elections in the US on November 7th, which I know is the date of the next eclipse, correct? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, this just the theme that you're bringing up and then the fact that there literally will be new people elected and whatever that fallout will be from, or, or maybe it's not a fallout. Maybe it'll be a positive thing. Mm -hmm. I don't know, but um, interesting. If you're interested in eclipses and you want to study them more deeply, I highly recommend you check out our eclipse mastery course. It's a course that features six different astrologers and all six different astrologers talk about different aspects of eclipses. Bernadette Brady is one of them, Donna Woodwell, um, Adam Gainsburg, that we had an amazing crew of incredible teachers who focus on eclipses. Like this is part of the work that they do. So I highly recommend you check that out. You can go to astrologyhub.com slash eclipse. And it's just, it's a great course that'll give you some nice foundational understanding of how to work with eclipses and what they mean and all that good stuff. Okay. So Joe, what else do we have this week? Because I know there's a lot going on. Yeah. So just a few days after, actually on Tuesday, the moon still in Scorpio will square Saturn. And this is the thing that we've been having like every month. But now because it's also an eclipse, there's a little bit of a heightened sort of moment, especially because Saturn is now getting ready to move forward again because Saturn is stationing direct. And that to me is very exciting. <laughs> Because Saturn has been on a first for so long, and it's nice to have that that bit of like a a changing pace, and it's nice it's nice that it's happening also during an eclipse season because it has that sort of like very impactful like things are really changing. Some people might have that really big sense of like oh things are moving forward. It might be a little like chaotic in the way that it shows up because of the eclipse. Like whoa, <laughs> things are moving forward all of a sudden. Um, but at the same time, it is Saturn in Aquarius. So there's that sense of like innovation and change and like thinking about the future and what we're going to do next. Um, so this moon Saturn square, it can be a little rough around the edges, but it can also be exciting in the sense that it can get new sort of like teachings and um, wisdom to come. Because if we're thinking about Saturn um, in Aquarius, which is... Um, for those who are traditional astrologers, Saturn is a cold and dry planet. And Aquarius is uh, the sign of Saturn that is warm and moist. So it's the sign that tempers Saturn the most. So it's when Saturn becomes like less challenging. So it's really, it really hones in on that like airy sense of like learning something new. And if we're even taking it back to that, Mercury rising during the eclipse is like, there's a new information. We now know where things can go with Saturn stationing direct as like maybe the plan or maybe like knowing how, how much work it's going to take to take things forward. But at least now we know sort of thing. Okay. It's big stuff, Joe. 
<laughs> yeah. Okay. What else do we have? Because I know there's there's an, another big transit happening this week as well, right? Yes. Um, so let me double check the date because it depends on where you are, but I'm pretty sure it is on S- Sunday, Saturday, Sunday, uh, Mars will officially now be station retrograde. And last time that I was here on the weekly weather, we talked about Mars um, a little bit, but then now it's like that retrograde is really starting. So we're really going to start to uh, trace our steps back and do the revising of martial matters that we need to do. And martial matters would be um, like what we want to do and achieve in life, uh, any sort of like um, contests and, and even like tough conversations that need to happen, which is what I said last time, or like the severing of bonds or like really leaving uh, uh, something behind and taking things forward. Because it's a retrograde, there probably will be a lot of like back and forth in that whole process, but that's really getting started. Um, And one thing too that I'm thinking about with this, because if the, the eclipse is happening in Scorpio, Mars is the ruler of the eclipse. And for Mars to be stationing right at the same time, it's really that exclamation mark that it's like, like this is super important. Um, and one thing that can come with Mars and Gemini, um, last time I said this, that it can be a little bit like combative and some arguments can arise. But a key word that I really like for Mars and Gemini is it can be sometimes like offensive. Um, even like think about like cuss words and things like that are like very Mars and Gemini. And as I was trying to think about like little activities for people to do um, to really get into that sort of like Mars and Gemini zone because it's gonna stay there for so long. I got reminded of an assignment that I did in art school when I was doing painting and drawing. And I was like my first year and the assignment was called Offend Yourself. And it was my favorite assignment. <laughs> and basically what it was is that you had to do to like write a poem or make a painting about something that people talked about you very badly about, but it was just really your moment to face it. We're in an art school. So it was like, you got if you really want to be an artist, you got to face your fear sort of thing. And I think that uh, it's very fitting for this Mars and Gemini thing. So... I was thinking about a thing that everyone can do because not everyone feels comfortable with drawing or painting or taking pictures. So I thought about writing and like writing a poem, Um, but I have very specific instructions. (laughs) Um, And there's something called euphonics. Have you heard about that? No. Yeah. So, well, it's a convoluted uh, story, but euphonics is kind of like the study of phonetics and what they actually mean. So, like, why do we say ah, e, o, and whatever? And um, even going back to like Plato, Platonic times, Plato has this book called The Cratylus, where they're really just talking about uh, language and why do words come to be the words that we use, and is that really the first name of the thing? Like, what was what was the original name for everything sort of thing? Um, and they go on all sorts of explorations with that. But I'm studying that right now because I'm a musician and doing astrological magic. I always want to like bring the planets into that. And a cool thing that they do is that each phoneme or each sort of like letter has like an essence of, of some sort or has an archetype. 
And I went through this book, um, it's called Euphonics by John, I forget who it was. Let me double check. Joe, can you also spell Euphonics? Oh, yes. It's uh, E-U-F, no, E-U-P-H-O-N-I-C-S. Okay, thanks. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the book is by uh, John Mitchell or Michelle. I'm not sure. Maybe it's a French last name. Um, And it's called Euphonics. And he goes through all of the letters and all the sounds that you can make in the English language. And he gives like qualities to it. And since we're in this eclipse and Venus is getting eclipsed, I'm like, how can we offend ourselves? (laughs) And also bring in the like, Venus eclipse sort of thing. And can I read up a, a bit of the book? Because I think it really explains it. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> okay, so so the short and simple E sound has an ephemeral and elegant quality. So I chose the E sound because it really feels like Venusy. And he goes on to say, it is elevated, erudite, elated, epic, even effervescent quality present and engaging eloquence, exquisite, esteemed, elite education, and the enigmatic elemental elixirs, enticing essential essences, electric elegies, and esoteric echoing entrances of enchanting elderly elves eligibly elected due to their evidently excellent ethics. (laughs) Wow. Um, Wow, that is fascinating. I mean, it's so true. All those words have such a, they have this quality that that does feel Venusian on, on many mm-hmm. levels. Yeah. Yeah. So, so this is the activity. <laughs> knowing that these sounds are Venusian and knowing that Venus is going to get eclipsed, how can you write a poem that offends yourself without using any words with that E sound or like that F sound and really like sit with it and try to eclipse Venus in that moment? And also offend yourself. <laughs> oh my gosh. So Joe, you've basically given us assignments to be gross for the first part of the week. And then for the last part of the week, where we need to offend ourselves and not use any Venus words that sound awesome, by the way. Some of those are my favorite words, right? like enchanting, <laughs> such a, one of my favorite words. Uh, this is hilarious. But, and again, so, so the point of doing these things is to sympathize with Venus, to say, hey, like, we got your back, Venus. Like, we know. <laughs> we, but, and so then for what? Like, are we expecting some sort of outcome from this that is positive? Yeah. So, like, again, with the the whole concept of sympathetic magic is that you do the thing before it does you. So it's mm-hmm. that kind of like... Like you're offending yourself before anyone gets the chance to, (laughs) (laughs) or like you're having the like tough conversation with yourself first. So then when the tough conversation actually shows up, you know what to say, or it's kind of like rehearsed. You're like ready for it. Wow. Um, So that's kind of like my thought process behind all of these. (laughs) You know what you, everybody just have fun with it. Like play with it. If, If you're, if any of this, is enticing. I'm using a Venus word, uh, an E word. Yeah. If it's enticing to you at all, just try it on and then see what happens. And again, of course, please put your experiences in the chat so we can we can group, you know, crowd learn together. 
mm-hmm. you know, what, what this type of, it's very practical astrological magic, which by the way, is a class that Jen Zart is going to be teaching next month for astrology hub, but basically, you know, really getting in there with these transits, with these energies and working, dancing, utilizing the energies in a intentional and fun way. You know, I love it. I love it. It's really like stepping into our role as co-creators instead of feeling yeah. like the energies are like hitting us or bombarding us or, the, you know, things are happening to us. It's like, well, things are happening and we can learn how to weave and dance with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even for like the skeptics who think that this will do nothing, I think it's, it just gets you out of the, oh my God, Mars retrograde, everything is going to suck for six months. <laughs> And you're like, now, like, there's a fun activity that I can do throughout this, you know? And you can write these poems as many times as you want. (laughs) Okay, so the poem can't use any of those beautiful E-words. It -hmm. needs to offend you. So it's something that maybe maybe someone, maybe you internalized something that someone Mm -hmm. said to you at some point. And you're writing a poem about it. And... And this is something we're doing for Mars retrograde, or it's still this eclipse energy? It's the eclipse. I brought the eclipse energy into it with the E sort of like taking that mm-hmm. out. But mm-hmm. the the core of it is the Mars retrograde. As Mars is stationing, it's kind of like, this is the thing, like the thing that I'm most afraid of people offending me with. Um, I'm just going to sit with it and really face it. Mm-hmm. Um I remember when I did this assignment for art school, there was this, um, so I'm going to get personal and kind of sad. Okay, <laughs> but, <laughs> here we go. We're holding but, you, Joe. We can, we can do it. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so early life for me was really rough. And at some point in my life, I had like chronic depression and I couldn't get out of bed for like months on it. And I didn't go to school. It was really sad. I was probably like 10, 11, 12. Um, So, and there was this one song. It was really sad that I used to listen every day and like on repeat. And that was literally me just in a dark room, sad as all hell with that one song. And when I recovered, uh, I never listened to that song again. Um, but then in that assignment I made, that was my me offending myself, like sitting with that song one more time and putting myself in that space of like really being depressed. Um, and I did it in front of my classroom, which was terrifying. Uh, I just like laid on the ground and stared at the ceiling and played this song. And no one had a clue what I was doing until like the end of it until the end of the song where I came and I told the story and everything and everyone like understood it so it's really that sort of like the the place you're most scared of like just go there you know um that's kind of like the idea of this sort of exercise okay Joe thank you for sharing that with us I can so imagine you in front of your class doing this like very dramatic and and emotional art for them (laughs) and I'm curious how you got out of that like three-year phase of depression when you were so young. Yeah, um, I'm not sure. <laughs> have you looked at happened. the transits? I mean, have you looked at the transits and correlated yes. it astrologically? Yeah, it was it was shortly af- after I came to live with my dad because my parents are divorced. Um, and that's kind of like the, what started the whole uh, thing. 
and uh, it was my Saturn opposition, and I have Saturn in the tenth house, so it was Saturn in the fourth house, and I stopped living with my mom, and I went to live with my dad. Um, and once that happened, things really changed. Um, and I don't, I don't want to get too much into it, <laughs> but my yeah. dad really helped me, um, and I think that that's the like the thing that really helped me get out of my shell because I back when I was living with my mom, my mom would just let me do the, the depressing thing. And my dad did the, the Mars thing. <laughs> well, he did the Mars like, thing, but he also, he also did the uh, Saturn thing. Like the father oh, came in totally. and, and helped mm-hmm. you. Yeah, totally. And he said, you're not going to stay in your room. Like that's just not allowed. Uh, he made me offend myself and walk to the library <laughs> every time I needed to use the computer. It was actually so annoying, especially as a teenager. Cause I was what, like probably, 15, 16 at the time, and I had, like, my online friends and whatever, and whenever I had to talk to them, I had to, like, get out of my room and walk to the library. There was, like, a 40-minute walk from my house, but just that, like, walk every day and, like, going out and experiencing life, (laughs) it's, like, whoa, like, nice. Thanks, Dad. (laughs) (laughs) That's so smart. Your father's a genius. Okay. He is. Brilliant. Okay, so thank you for that. All right, so we have these assignments and these these different tasks we can do to work with the energy. We've gone through Monday, Tuesday, and then, like, I think that was Saturday and Sunday, the Mars retrograde, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Do you want to fill in the gaps for the week? Any other, like, just going through the days? Yeah, so in the in-between, not too too much happens. Uh, The one thing that will really happen is Mercury entering Scorpio also and joining the party um, right on Friday, Saturday. So, like, we're pretty much dealing with eclipse uh, energy all the way until, like, Wednesday. And then Thursday, Friday, we're kind of still in that zone, maybe, like, processing it a bit. And then comes like Friday, Saturday, Mercury entry Scorpio. And then we're already getting ready for that other eclipse that you mentioned, because this one, Venus is getting eclipsed. The next one, it's Mercury. Um, wow. So there's a very interesting sort of thing going on uh, there. Um, yeah. And, and Joe, I don't remember a lot of times when we're learning, when the eclipses are happening, other planets being involved is is this somewhat unusual or is it kind of normal that like venus is involved in this one and mercury is involved in the next one yeah so venus and mercury it can happen a lot more often than the other planets because they're always just so close to the sun so if there's like an illumination happening and they're close enough to the sun um you can like throw them in the mix um but yeah it still doesn't happen too too often because they they usually aren't um, a few degrees apart from the sun, but this one is kind of like wild that like the eclipse happens at two degrees, uh, Venus is at two degrees. And then the next one I think is at 18 degrees or something like that. And then Mercury will be opposite Uranus all in a, at 18 degrees or something like around that thing. I didn't uh, look into that week. That wasn't my week. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. You, 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 that wasn't part of the assignment. It's okay. No. <laughs> Which signs will be most affected by today's eclipse? Yeah, um, so I think this one can be pretty wide. Now, mostly, of course, like Scorpio, Leo, Aquarius, Taurus, uh, all these four fixed signs for sure. But I think because of the 
Mars stationing retrograde and Mars ruling the uh, the eclipse, the mutable signs also kind of will have a little bit of a um, more punctuated taste of the eclipse, <laughs> uh, especially Gemini or anyone who has Mars in Gemini. Yeah, so I'd say like top four would be those four fixed. So Leo, Taurus, Aquarius, Scorpio, and then Gemini. And then Gemini. Okay. But so not all mutable, just Gemini. Yes. Mostly yeah. Gemini. The other ones too, but Gemini is like the, the one that gets close enough to the fixed signs to get in that mix. <laughs> okay. All right. So basically the theme and, and, and can you give us an intensity scale? One to 10, 10 Ooh. being the most intense week we've ever had. And one being very, very, very chill. Huh? I would not say 10 because I don't know <laughs> what's going to happen, but I'd say close to the eights and nines probably. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we have an eight, nine week. We have a theme of emptying the wardrobe. And this is an opportunity because Venus is being eclipsed to, um, to do some sympathetic magic with her and allow yourself to take all the beautiful things out and not wear them for three days, uh, allow yourself to feel gross. And that this could be an, a, a time of identity crisis. So who am I? What do I do? Uh, there's new information that's coming in that's causing this sort of identity crisis moment. And the great thing is that it's an opportunity to renew identity. So, you know, oftentimes we get very attached to certain images of ourselves. And it sounds like this is a really great moment to reinvent and to imagine yourself different and to step into sort of a new energy of who you are. This is also going to be happening at a global level. So this isn't just personal. Um, so there's this sense of who are we and what are mm -hmm. we doing and what is the whole point of all of this? And so the eclipse energy is Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Tomorrow, we have moon square Saturn. And you're saying that now that Saturn is turning direct, that this is a big change of pace, that things are really starting to change. It can feel chaotic because of the eclipse and the proximity of the eclipse to this transit. But that innovation change uh, is, is here, what we're doing next. Um, it can feel rough around the edges, but new teachings, new wisdom, there's an opportunity to really make a plan, like actually start to make plans and put some structure around your next direction. And there's a, there's a sense of knowing like how to get there, what, how much work it's going to require in order for you to get where you're wanting to go. I'm going to skip ahead to Saturday, Sunday, although, so that was Tuesday, Wednesday, we're still in eclipse Thursday, Friday, you said we're integrating eclipse stuff mm -hmm. mainly. Yeah. Saturday yeah. and Sunday, Mars is stationing retrograde. So this is the other big astrology of the week that we're revising all things Marshall. And that can be what we want to do, what we want to achieve. Um, this could, could have some tough conversations as a part of it. We might need to leave something behind in order to get ahead of the tough conversations or get in front of uh, having your feelings really hurt and being offended. You can offend yourself. And so we have our poem that we can do, uh, eliminating all E-words, another way to say, Venus, hey, we're with you in this. 
this is an opportunity to just have like, to me, it's also bringing the element of play into how mm-hmm. we work with astrology, which I, I think sometimes astrology, we, we can get really serious, you know, especially when we hear it's an eight, nine week in, in terms of intensity, yeah. it's like, you know, and then everybody's like bracing themselves for like the horrible mm-hmm. things that are going to happen. And I'm not saying they are going to happen. I'm just saying that is a human tendency to think that that's what's going to happen. So this, this brings some play and lightness into um, our studies and our experience of astrology. And I love it. I love the invitation to try and just see what happens. And then of course, like I said, I think three times, please report your experiences in the chat so we can learn from each other. That's one of the most amazing things about practicing astrology and being into astrology at this particular moment in time is we can actually like crowdsource our experiences and learn more about all the different ways that these transits can be experienced. And that Mm -hmm. wasn't possible, like not that long ago. So I I love that we can do that. So please play with us in that as well. Um, I also, before we sign off, well, first of all, Joe, did I, did I miss anything or mess anything up? No, not at all. Okay, great. Before we sign out, Joe is going to be one of the astrologers that are going to be featured at our 2023 forecast event, which is totally free. This will, I think this will be our seventh year doing it. And it's where we basically look at 2023, the astrologers come at it from lots of different angles. It's always very dynamic and alive. This year, we're adding something to it also. So we're going to have the live panel event on Saturday, December 10th. It's free. Then for the next six days, we'll be going through all the Zodiac signs and how, uh, like the different peaks and valleys of the year, the different opportunities, the different challenges based on your sun and rising sign uh, for the entire year for 2023. So we're having different astrologers cover different signs and that's going to be just a total like new bonus part of this event this year. And so we'd love to have you, you can get on the wait list for the 2023 forecast which is just going to automatically get you registered for the forecast when it's actually open. But that is at astrologyhub.com slash 2023 forecast. And these, this is one of my favorite events. I feel like I get such a, um, a sense of like clarity and empowerment about what's coming And it just helps, you know, every year has a little bit of a different flavor and energy. I know next year there's a lot of change, like a lot Mm -hmm. of sort of like new chapter energy. So you're going to get to learn all about that. Um, Joe, do you want to say anything about 2023? Oh my God. Yes. So much, especially after just talking so much about Venus and how like uh, of the struggles of Venus, because next year, I think is the year of Venus. Um, there's, I'm probably going to cover, touch on this on the actual uh, forecast, but Venus is going pretty strong next year. So I'm very excited to talk about that. You know, and if, if you're like, gosh, okay, so like, what does that mean? And how, what do I do with it? Start paying attention. Like just start, you can even literally ask Venus, like, what, what would you like me to know about you? What, what's important about you for me, or how do I embody you more fully? And we can really invite these 
I don't even know what to call them, like beings, you know, into mm-hmm. no, our 100%. life. Yeah. But I mean, they're, they're inside of us already. Like it's, it's just, it's really just activating these different aspects of who we are, but go ahead, Joe. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I have, because uh, a lot of people like or- Oracle decks and I love them because I'm so like technical and that's why I love traditional astrology, but Oracle decks are really like not, you like open it, you open the little book and you read it. But I'm only saying that because I, what I like to do, because some of you might know there, there are planetary days. So each day of the week, a planet rules it. And my morning practice is always to pull a card as if it's like the message of that planet for me on that day. So like Monday, I'll pull a card. And it's, this is like, moon, what do I need to know today? <laughs> on Tuesday, it's Mars, what do I need to know today? Um, and I go through the days. And that that for me is a very like, um, is a great learning experience because it's weird, but you notice like the difference in tone and like the difference in the cards that come up on those days. It's really cool. I love it. I love that so much. And that th- those are the kinds of things that we can do. They're simple. They're easy. It really starts to make your astrology come alive in your life. So I love that, Joe. Thank you so much for sharing. And um, thank you all for being here. Thank you so much for being a part of our community. Also, don't forget to fill out your survey. If you have feedback on how the format of the weekly weather is going forward, please make sure you go to astrologyhub.com slash feedback and let us know. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you for making astrology a part of your life. We're so grateful that our paths have crossed with you, that we get to share this time with you. Thanks for tuning in. And I can't wait to catch you on the next episode. Thank you, Joe, and take care, everyone. This podcast is presented by Astrology Hub. You can learn more and find all of our shows at astrologyhub.com slash podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, review, and hit subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you can stay up to date on the latest episodes and help more people find the wisdom of astrology. Thank you for taking the time to do this now. Thank you for being a part of our community and for making astrology a part of your life.